You're listening to the Tales and Tunes podcast as we kick off 2015 with this, our fifth episode. Joining me this week, we have another local Denver favorite, Kevin Callison. But as always, we begin the podcast with B-Tsunami's number one track pick of the week. This track comes from a label that I've just been eating up lately called Fruit. That's spelled F-R-U-C-H-T. The track is entitled Stimulation by Kempin Thompson. The remix is by Roger Cashew. Turn it up, guys. Even frigid. Is that 
production for uh, the better end of 10 years and is currently hosts an underground weekly event at Milk Bar in downtown Denver called The Underground, Boom. showcasing uh, all things techno and house and everything relative to that. So, Kevin, awesome to have you on here, man. Thanks Been looking for forward me, to this for a while. Fuck yeah. That was a hand slam. He's, he's got us some... <laughs> Got us some vodka mixed with diet citrus drop and some homemade cookies. So nom, nom. if we if we start slurring but near the end of it or start talking nonsense, you'll know why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, how was how was your uh, holidays? Uh, did you go go back home or went went back to my home state of Ohio with uh, Seth Nichols, another local DJ, uh, owns an online vinyl store. Uh, went back there, had fun. Enjoy- Fly or drive? We drove. How many hours is that? Uh, 18 hours. 18? Well, it's yeah. 12 back to Iowa where I'm from, so. <laughs> yeah, 18 hours of um, listening to a crap load of music. And la- <laughs> so we when we drove down 70, the 
uh, 70 was closed when we got to Kansas. So we stopped at a McDonald's and had to go on this crazy, I think it was Route 40 that we ended up having to take. And seriously, we cried our asses off because of the tumbling tumbleweeds going across the road. It's just, <laughs> you know, simple simple things, but it was, it was cold. And then get back to Ohio, have a good time. Um, seeing this girl in Ohio and uh, get a little drunky poo in this phenomenal house with phenomenal people. She gets a little mad when I realize that one of my paintings is gone. I was like, where is it at? She's like, I punched through it. It's like, damn. Kind of went a little shitty and uh, ended up walking 17 miles to my parents' house down uh, a couple highways and some back roads. Three miles left to go, flashing money with people coming by me, and uh, someone pulls over, and it's these uh, Indian students that go to Wright State University in Ohio. Like, what are you doing out here? It's three in the morning on Christmas Eve. I'm like, I just want to ride home. It's only three more miles. Here's $50. And I get home, and I'm exhausted from driving with Seth and uh, all that jazz, and go home, and bing, bing. <laughs> And that's that story, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, Christmas is good, though. Got some good drinks in Yellow Springs, Ohio. Some good beers there. This place called Peaches. Really great time with my family. Uh, Seth and I had a great drive back until about four hours until we got into Denver. Um, just snow like crazy on 70. Oh, yeah. Like, just drive through it. So just cold. Just that, pass that semi. We've got this. Uh, so it was white knuckle for like the last four hours, so... Hopefully that's not a precursor to 2015 of this white knuckle, like, <laughs> but it will be, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> cool, yeah. I uh, actually stayed in Denver. I mean, normally I go, this is actually the first Christmas of my entire life that I didn't wake up at my parents' house, so 28 years in a row, and this is the first year. Uh, partially the reason was, and like I've talked before on the podcast, uh, went to Disney World with my family for our first big takeover uh, over Thanksgiving, so that was kind of our... That was kind of our shebang, shebang and uh, so my Florida. girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. My girlfriend, uh, her parent, or her some of her family came out for Christmas, so we stayed in town this year. And uh, besides that, I got I got to play uh, a. It was a after party for Decadence because Decadence was on uh, the thirtieth and thirty first uh, here in Denver. And uh, they we, they did a techno after party at a Fusion Factory on Tuesday. So and we actually had a pretty decent turnout for the night before New Year's, surprisingly. Nice. Uh, and uh, it was good to educate all the the decadence attendees on some on some real techno. So that was fun. Uh, New Year's. Uh, what did you do for New Year's? New Year's. Um, the underground and um, Industria with Fiat Lux. We threw a party at his warehouse. Really intimate little spot, um, a little bit too packed um, for the size of the venue, <laughs> even though there's a big warehouse in the back. Everyone was hanging out back there, but the front room was really small. Really good time, though. Uh, killer music and fireworks. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, I, think I didn't stay the whole time because I had to ride back, and because uh, I bike everywhere. Yeah. And, uh Brian Stevens gave me a ride back. I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> um, but then we we're supposed to have that show on the first uh, for the underground, and uh, pipes broke at Bar Standard, uh, so it got canceled. 
Two, but, you know, two or three weeks without a party there, huh? Yeah, uh, we didn't do a Christmas show or the New Year's show that we were supposed to do. So last week was the first week with Bones and Back Groove on. Work and Ghost. Yeah, yeah. It's quite quality. Saw you there for a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> uh, yeah, New Year's for me, we, w- uh, we went to Danny Day's at a Cluster uh, AA's party and Danny Day's fucking killed it. Yeah, he did something I've never seen either. In the middle, like, it was like 3.30 in the morning, just in the middle of just, like, slamming it. He fucking dropped the original version of Tainted Love, and, like, everybody went apeshit. Well, yeah, singing anytime, along. You, anytime you do that, it's uh, <laughs> it's going to happen when those fit perfectly. Um, yeah. I, I fucking adore that. Yeah, it was it was cool. <laughs> and then, uh, so, yeah, there was those two parties, two nights in a row, and then a few days later, January 3rd, me and my girlfriend had a uh, joint birthday party at this new warehouse space on uh, Federal, not too far from downtown Denver, and uh, we Two did... miles away from where we are right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we had... Uh, the original plan was, like, we came up with... We were like, well, we have so many friends that we like to DJ, and we want them all to play. And it was like... We had, like, a list of over 20 people. We are like, well, what should we do? How do we narrow this down? And we're like, well, how about I just invite everybody to play? And if they say yes, we will... Uh, th- they'll be on the list, because I'm sure... I mean, it's only a week away, so I'm sure people already have plans that they won't be able to come. Lo and behold, there was only, like, one or two people who didn't respond, and everybody else said they were down. So it was like, fuck, we have 20 people. How are we going to do this over the course of a 12-hour party? I like your idea. <laughs> and we're, so a lot of brainstorming and just trying to figure out what to do. We even drew names from a hat and took a video of it twice because we were going to, like, just draw names from the whole hat and be like, see, this is who's going to play. And, like, after doing it, we're just like, no, this is this doesn't work. So we're just like, I finally came up with the idea just to do three four-hour slots. And in each slot, there would be seven people to play and just tag. So, And we broke it up amongst, like, when people were available or what kind of music and styles and stuff like that. And, man, it turned out really fucking awesome. It was, it was literally a 12-hour jam session of, like, my favorite people and DJs in denver as well as like it was private invite only so it was nothing but our friends and a lot of our friends don't know each other so it was almost like a, a, a social networking little like it thing was nice yeah yeah I it was super it. cool and everybody loved the vibe and yeah yeah it was, it was I, liked a tremendous got, I liked how things got broke down into uh groups um because some of the cats i didn't know that were gonna play and um got to hear some people i haven't heard play before and even though in my group two, uh, you know, Seth was sick, Templeton was sick, um, a lot of people were sick. But it was it was really it was really fun to play with uh, Nick Payne. Like I really like him as a person, and haven't really heard too much of what he's done. And he's like, oh, well, I guess we're in a really good slot, and we get to play. And you know, it was a little bit of hey, I drank a bit much, you know, it's a balloon, <laughs> it's a balloon kind of idea, uh, which which was fine and. Uh, I heard you have like 11 hours from that. Yeah, yeah. And me and Nick were talking about that last night. Um, like, oh, I can't wait to hear kind of what the hell we did. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, I, and it that... was one of those just kind of like lay loose and just kind of do your thing. And um, but we were, yeah, I, I was really surprised with that spot. Didn't realize it was going to be so lit with beautiful lights and that little 
loft area was yeah, quite yeah. nice. Yeah, totally. And yeah, to, to kick off the party, we, we did, we had the tacos and techno and we, I spent, uh, dropped like $130 on food for tacos and we just made shitloads of tacos. I tried to get there, I tried to get there for that, but it was, it was awesome, negative dude. cold outside. Usually I would have oh, walked yeah. that two miles, but there was all that snow and then, um, <coughs> yeah, it was like talking to Satorius and I was like, man. I need to get there. He's like, Nick Nick will give you a ride. So I waited till 10.30 or 11 when he picked me up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I want to be there at 7. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The party was a super fun, super success. And, uh, yeah, we got most of it recorded just like the last 45 minutes I don't think got recorded. But what we'll do is I'll post these on uh, my SoundCloud as well and then uh, send a message to all the people who played and say, hey, put a comment in where you played so people can kind of like – right. We can all just like. So I won't comment because I, I wasn't happy with what I did. But that's all right. <laughs> the first three tracks we'll were fun, but not mixed really well. <laughs> Trying to fix all the gear up, but hey. Yeah. Let's uh, change gears here and let's uh, let's meet let's meet Kevin Callison. Where uh, so what's what's uh, the, hello? What's, what's my name's Kevin Callison. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, you were saying you're from Ohio, obviously, but uh, yeah, where where in Ohio did you grow up? And I was born in Springfield, Ohio. Um, it's quite the neat place. Um, the first film starts from there with Lillian Gish, and uh, a lot of really pertinent people in entertainment have came from this small town. The first black mayor in all of America was from Springfield, Ohio. <laughs> I also have a Franklin Wright house there, which I've done. Uh, numerous events with which I like to ride the coattails of really tasteful things that you can't deny um, with like oh Frank Lloyd Wright Mm -hmm. I get to play with a band from Japan there or do an art show there Um, but nonetheless um, in my younger years grew up in Anchorage Alaska my dad's sister moved up to the 70s kind of like oh we're moving to Alaska growing our hair long and doing that. So I grew up in Alaska for a long time. That's why I really adore Colorado because you get a lot of energy from the grandeur of mountains. Um, I remember the first time I had, when I first moved here, about a week into me moving here, um, went up into the mountains and just looked across the vista and couldn't stop from crying just because <laughs> it reminded me of like these years of where I was pristine Oh yeah. <laughs> and I didn't fuck up my soul at all yet. You know, I was just <laughs> kind of in that, in that mode and Mm-hmm. Here we are having a. You hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Drinky poo. Um, but then it moved. Uh, had lived in Florida for a little bit for I think basically about a summer, in like a really opulent million dollar mansion with servants and I say servants. Oh, sorry. Wow. But stuff like that, um, which always kind of makes me want to be like, oh, I want to have a bunch of money. But the past ten years or so, I've like I want to survive as an artist. Uh, through my painting, through my music, through whatever it means. I go around and I'll pick up a lot of things that people put out and I'll sell them on Craigslist for relatively cheap, but it still helps me pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Keeps it going, keeps it going. And, um, Dang it. but then, you know, doing things in Springfield, I've have kind of a weird, <laughs> a weird history there. Um, but, you know, throwing weeklies in Columbus, Ohio, um, during special events with this thing called Aberration uh, that me and some friends created, which made a good stir. Um, 
got us some play on NPR. Um, but also have some, some really great acts uh, from the region. Not necessarily just electronic music because I like all kinds of music. Mm-hmm. And I'm completely into all of that. Um, which is important to get to where I want to be in electronic music. Without being so, oh, I have to play this exactly this mm-hmm. way. Um, I think I've definitely become known in Denver as being like, what the fuck is this guy going to play? <laughs> like, I don't know. It'll probably be creative. Might have a little bit of, you know, pops and whatnot because I play all vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, but yada, yada, yada. moved here seven years ago because um, I had a really fat thumb. Actually, I was here with a girl. We ended up getting married, got divorced. Divorced. I worked for Westward um, for five years, being a photographer, and then becoming one of the heads of the street team, marketing team. I quit there about a year ago. After five years, like eh, it's about time. If I'm not moving up, it's time to it's time to go. Even though it was it really showed me Denver um, to a point where a lot of people don't get that because I was just working in venues, getting to meet people in distilleries, breweries. Um, in the art world, I got hired at Westward by painting live at a show one time. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, you know, I'm an artist. They're like, you should come work for, for us. <laughs> that's kind of how that started with my that's painting cool. and whatnot. So just try to do a bunch of different things. Definitely enjoying my time here. Yeah, you can go on with this. <laughs> cool. I'll touch your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were, you were saying earlier, we kind of wanted to just, take it step by step uh where you so you lived in alaska you, did you move back to springfield then yeah um i think i was it's like fifth grade yeah fifth grade i moved back to ohio um which was a really good which there's an interesting story behind that so in alaska it's a huge melting pot and so you know you're meeting people from russia hawaiians um African-Americans, white people, European cats. And so I really had no idea of, like, racism at all. My parents are really cool. It's just open. I moved back to Ohio the first time there. I hear someone say something quite derogatory. And, I, and my dad still talks about this story of saying, man, I remember how much that affected you when you heard, like, a racist slur? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think I pretty much came home and cried because I didn't understand what that's about. And uh, so my whole idea is, especially from like those younger experiences, to always be open to everyone, let everyone show themselves. You don't have to talk the whole time. Let let other people tell you where they're from and you know their mindsets because no one's the same. And I, that's kind of what I like about Denver too is that I meet so many people from um, all around the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely not. A place where people are, I'm from here. They're really adamant, like, yeah, I'm a Denver native. I mean, that's great. But I also like the melting pot of things. But kind of within the past year and a half, kind of the dynamics of Denver have have changed um, with being like, I'm from here. And they're bringing like this other culture. Mm -hmm. And I just, one of my goals is to keep the open, open mindedness of people, um, or to really make that come out in people, to be like, hey, be loving to other people, or accept what they're doing, unless they're being a dick or an asshole, you know, that'll happen. But I've seen a lot more of that here, kind of changing the Denver culture from when I first moved here, and was like, oh, you like bluegrass, you like camping, you like the mountains, and it's kind of like slid away a little bit, and I just kind of want to hope to keep that there, and 
you know, doing what, like those Thursdays that we're doing the underground, you know, it's, it's a really big mix of people. Um, even though sometimes it's not like a huge mix of people, Yeah. but you know, everyone that's there are really open and, you know, for the most relatively part, they, well cultured. Yeah. You know, for the most part, they, they know what good music is if they're, if they're there, like, yeah, they're, they're pretty much looking for it, you know, so. And that's always a buster to make sure it's that way. We've had a couple of people. It's you know, it's always do your thing. It's not you're not playing to whatever you think it's supposed to be. Do your thing. Get up there and do your thing. And that was a neat way for that to open up with having a uh, Doctor No Joke from Berlin um, to come and play because he plays like little toy instruments and uh, really really well known producer and whatnot and. It's kind of neat to keep it on that, like, try to keep it fresh, let people do what they want to do, because mm-hmm. a lot of times people go to shows like, oh, I'm expected to play this, because I'm the opener, or, you know, I have to do this because I'm the main thing. It's always supposed to be, be yourself, do what you want to, it's your stage, you're the entertainer, you know, it's not just being a DJ, you're you're an entertainer, you have to really bring people into how you feel at that moment, or whatever you want to do, um, just do it. And I try to facilitate that, along with, you know, having great people that come to the show, um, facilitate that as well. And I'm super thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hangout. It's definitely become a hangout of like friends. There's the core group of us that are always there, and it's just super fun. I I don't like missing Thursdays, so <laughs> it's definitely neat. There's, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there's a lot of competition. You know, with Mahesh and AA doing their thing, Opal was doing their thing. Um, we're a staple on those weeklies. Mm-hmm. Seth and I, uh, Seth Nichols, who I've worked really hard with, we uh, did Vedana, um, at Funky Buddha um, versions. Uh, we had a little stint on Thursdays called Kilowatt that we used the big room and bar standard. Didn't go off too well because you get fifty people in there, it still seems yeah. empty. Um, but our versions that were on the patio went really, really well. Um, can't really beat being outside in Denver during the summer. Yeah. So you're mentioning <laughs> yeah. mentioning, or I mean, like you, you artist. Obviously, we're at your place right now, and you've got a lot of artwork. And uh, you're talking to me before the podcast that so you're in film school and stuff. Uh, so well, I yeah, studied, when, I studied film in college. Oh, I was that, in film school. Yeah, yeah. I was there for I'm English the same way. and whatnot. The same way, but, yeah, but uh, it goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you were in like high school, what what hobbies? What were your fortes? Always loved going on hiking and fishing. That's kind of always been a staple for me. Um, as I've grown older, it's just been more hiking and nature, um, not too much fishing and all that. I've never been a hunter. Uh, don't shoot guns that much. Not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. But fishing, that's great. Hook them right in their fucking mouth <laughs> and eat that shit and be thankful for it. Um, but nonetheless, what did you say? Oh, just <laughs> hobbies in high school. Like, uh, oh, hobbies in high schools. Or... Um, yeah, I uh, was an athlete all through high school, uh, which brought me to college. Um, I was captain of the football team, uh, <laughs> wrestler, uh, track and field. And then in college, I went to the uh, winningest college in the NCAA, Wittenberg University. Um, I chose there because they had a... I think at that, that time it was top five English programs in the country and it was 15 minutes away from my parents' house, even though I lived on campus and did the whole college thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but still got to, you know, play at like an upper echelon D3 school, but also did track and field, um, was all league and, you know, shot, put discus, all that kind of jazz. But I was always the guy that was playing music and like, oh, that's right. And all that. So it was, it's always been a dichotomy of expression um, via your mind and then also the physical um, always enjoy running. I ride. I haven't had a car the whole time I've been in Denver. Wow. Um, almost seven years of riding my bike and walking yeah. everywhere, which is neat because sometimes Absolutely. going to shows, you'll see me take a couple of trips with a turntable in my arm on my bike, which, you know, <laughs> tech 12s are not that light no. or vinyl no. or paintings because they're awkward because, you know, sometimes it gets windy here and they'll catch me. No, like, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of a little bit of a background there. Cool. That's all. <laughs> so what uh what kind of music were you into in high school? Um in high school, um definitely a lot into indie rock because that was, you know, the opening of uh pavement. Um definitely northwest kind of style, uh pavement to um Nirvana when they first, you know, hearing bleach and all that, the early stuff. And then I was getting into like Prodigy and some uh, older style of like electronic music, not so much like dance music, um, just like really good electronic music, um, which I ended up going back to the 70s with Pierre and, and whatnot. And when I got into college, it's kind of how I got into DJing was uh, Seth Nichols, who I still work with. We met playing college football together and... Um, it's like, who's this? Who's this? And they got turntables. Him and his roommate got turntables. Like, I really want to do that. Something I've always have been into. And I've always been into hip-hop big time. Um, not so much anymore in the past 10 years or so, but like early hip-hop. Um, I mean, I was signed to uh, One Records, a hip-hop label. Um, doing these shows in Columbus, Ohio, where now I'm the only white dude there. And they're like, who's this guy? Then I go up there and do turntablisms, scratching and whatnot. And they're like, can I get my picture with you? And this is kind of before, <laughs> like, the cell phones where you can just do that. You know, they had, like, disposable cameras. Oh, yeah. They're, they're developing Polaroid. these things. Kind of, kind of not quite that far back. But, um, yeah, I'm 37 years old. I was born in 78. Graduated in 96 from high school. So, I'll tell you my age there. Yeah, yeah. Um, perspective. So, I've always been a huge fan of just playing kind of things that go well together on turntables. Um, I've never played out in front of anyone on CDJs or a computer or anything. I've always kept it vinyl. Uh, to me, that's really pure. Um, not only is the sound better, but it's also really neat to watch someone, you know, picking through things and oh, yeah. putting them on the table. The and just of kind of, and... Yeah. It, it's not, it's not against anything else. I'm a huge fan of people producing live, you know, doing live PAs and whatnot. And uh, Denver's kind of changed my mind on seeing people do their thing on CDJs and whatnot, just as long as they download the music at the right, you know, bit rate. Yeah, exactly. And they're not getting like that <laughs> cheat, oh, I got this. And you can really hear the difference. Um, mm -hmm. And there's been times, you know, like playing with Seth, um, and we played a beta um, in the lounge for Azuki and Ben, um, just seeing like the whole bass cabinet move, just because like the the bass sound like the dynamics of that just makes the shit move and they're, they're, that's definitely high a high place for people to play 
downloaded music on their computer or a cdj it, it all takes talent you know do do your thing that's what i always say you know mm-hmm. i'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on anyone's brain like ooh, playing cdjs you're playing computer I'm not, no because <laughs> basically most of the shows i've been to except for like the late 90s and the early 2000s were you know they've all been cdjs computers mm-hmm. um you know and it's there's variable ideas of how to make that complicated i've seen people really go in depth with it and know what the fuck they're doing but then other people are just like yeah press play you know those are times i leave like yeah it is what it is (laughs) you know um yeah definitely not shitting on anyone's parade though i like people expressing themselves yeah and i definitely appreciate it for sure you know i'm out at three four shows a week every week Mm -hmm. for years now watching people do their thing because uh, it's not just exactly what they play. It's that persona, you know. You're an entertainer. Oh, yeah. They're doing their thing. Um, some people are boring, yay. Yeah. Mm. Other people are just phenomenal to watch. Because mm-hmm. they're either really handsome or really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like good things. <laughs> you met Seth uh, in college and in sports. and Is that when you kind of like discovered electronic music like as far as like techno or well so like before that i was digging you know all those cats from 96 to about 2001 uh with prodigy you know yeah uh apex twin i really didn't get into too hardcore until i was a little bit older for me to really kind of appreciate that yeah (laughs) um it was definitely a different style for me because i was definitely into like crystal method all that kind of like that scene was pushing oh yeah um at that point in time and you know hearing some local djs like my first party in ohio was uh i think positive two which they were throwing like really really great shows there and then there was stuff in columbus at this place called red zone you know first time getting to see sasha and big Wee together or seeing sasha down in cincinnati at uh what was that club electra um which is really neat to see because it was like, oh, shit, man, it's Sasha. <laughs> and it's still that way to me, you know. You know oh, I've yeah. seen him play at Beta. And when I first moved here, I didn't realize he was a resident at Beta because I was kind of the new to the scene here. And kind of like my first show in Denver was at, um, <laughs> can't remember the name of it at the moment. Um, but just doing really weird shows here. Um, and then when Seth had moved here, I was like, hey. I got booked to do uh, these Tutankhamen shows at the Denver Art Museum. We did like six shows together, you know, getting like big press things in the in the Westward, uh, full page, glossy ads. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to show him a good time and get him in the scene. Figured people would appreciate him uh, for sure. And, you know, that still kind of goes to this day that, mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, you own a record store and you know what's going on. <laughs> so that's that's kind of fun to have, you know, a friend that's lasted that long. Um, through all of our trials and tribulations, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's cool to have friends that were that close or that impactful in your life. Dude, we used Prior to fucking to hit heads. Bam! Bam! <laughs> you know, that's how we met, was uh, just physicality towards each other, you know, hitting heads, and it became, uh, I remember, it was his first year, you know, we were doing the whole football thing, and then I remember the second year, I'm coming back with, like, you know, like, candy raver stuff, and his hair was all frosted tipped and all that fun stuff you know <laughs> yay 90s bottle of vicks in his pocket <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fun stuff so he, he he got me into that uh that scene 
um, I was always kind of more going to kind of clubs and seeing that. Then he got me into like the Sasha. Um, I think he even got me into um, kind of some house stuff like Bad Boy Bill. But during those times, every time I saw Bad Boy Bill, I was always like, he's train wrecking. <laughs> Quit getting wasted just because you're in Ohio. <laughs> Play a good set. <laughs> he's only but I've heard, but I've heard him a couple times since then and mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. <laughs> For sure. Not to shit on you, Bad Boy Bill. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Uh, so yeah, you were, you were talking about just a second ago that your first party was called Positive? Yeah. So like your, like your first all-night event? Is yeah. Is that what it was? It was in a phenomenal spot. Um, it was in a place called the Dayton Gym Club. And so it was kind of like there were two floors and there was a running track above a basketball court. And this guy um, called Naughty Groove threw him. Um, it's kind of big in that Dayton, Ohio scene. But it was seriously ridiculous. You know, 1,000, 1,500 people in like this awesome little spot with Everything you would expect from the late 90s, um, <laughs> the lasers and everything. You know, that's still to this day, but techno, you know, we don't like too many lasers and whatnot anymore. Yeah. Just like, let's keep it chill. Maybe <laughs> a cool visual, neat little light blinking in the corner. Uh-huh. You know what's up with that. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Even though your your birthday party, I was surprised when I first walked in with all the lights going on. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like this. It's too many lights. But I just think it all went perfectly together with that boat. Yeah, like that yeah. LED, the like that the boat bar. <laughs> you told me about the pole, even though it didn't work. Oh, uh, yeah. Next time, they'll have that working. LED technology is, so is awesome. crazy. I think it's so awesome. <laughs> what we're talking about, actually. So at this venue, <laughs> let's just kind of break it down because it's so cool. Uh, my girlfriend works for Astral Hoose, which is the largest uh, distributor of LED uh, hula hoops. Which they're like four hundred dollars. They have like they're unbelievable. Yeah, they have like five hundred settings. It so good. <laughs> and uh, the so the guy who uh, BJ, the guy who owns the company, he and designed these from the ground up. He designed a LED stripper pole, and uh, it was actually they they took it to Burning Man because they go to Burning Man every year. But it's this like twelve foot pole, and there's like so many lights in it, and like it's. You, I've just never seen a fucking stripper pole like that. It's just like he, they could completely start a new company by selling these things because they're like when they when they had it working and it was on, like you could not take your fucking eyes off of it. It was just like when, and there wasn't even a girl on it. Like it's just like you're just like staring <laughs> at guy. the pole. I guess guys like, can do pulls too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, <laughs> I've never seen a Gano stripper pole though before. Though. I'm just saying, I'm sure it's happened. Yeah, yeah. A bunch every day. <laughs> Totally. So yeah, back to what we were it was uh, going down. What uh, what made you want to be a DJ then, or was there was there an instance, or was was there a set you saw, or or was it kind of like a thing that just so I, I, eventually I, I, happened? I like the tangibility of it. Um, I play clarinet, guitar, um, percussion, and it was just like another way to feed my need to perform, mm-hmm. and. Um, I just thought, I was like, hey, Dad, um, if you can loan me like the 3000 or so dollars so I could get my Technics and my first mixer was a Pioneer uh, DGM 300, so just simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, always, I always feel it's best not to use effects and use the actual tracks to make the effects, um, even though now I've gotten into more into using effects and whatnot, but 
Uh, I always just try to make the effects happen via the two tracks you put together. And, you know, um, at points in time, I'll play on four decks, um, especially in my house, um, even though I only have two decks here right now. Mm -hmm. But I've had people over and like, here, watch this. Just have them all four ring at once because it sounds really neat. Oh, yeah. It takes, a, it takes a lot. Of, it's taken me a long time to be able to do that correctly. Um, we'd really love to do that at a show. Juggling, but... man. Straight up juggling. <laughs> Fuckers just don't have technics at the venue. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, can you bring yours? Like, man, fuck, all right. <laughs> Which I wish, you know, I think that may come back around, but probably not. Because um, mm. they're expensive and places don't want to spend that on that. Like, just play some music. Yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> what I want not to happen. That's the absolute opposite of that. Um, you know, it's a simple operation. Yeah, let's just do it, people. We're DJs, not iPods. <laughs> Which is fine, you know. As I said before, do what you will. Yeah. <laughs> what music scenes were you, you were involved in in uh, Ohio? So there's Springfield. Was there any others? Or oh well, it was definitely always going to Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati. Never hung out in Cleveland ever. Um, don't know much about Cleveland. Um, Columbus at one point in time was thriving in electronic music. Um, with big names, getting to see, you know, Freena, Carl Cox, Sasha Digweed, just a whole slew of, like, that era of people, which still are going hard mm -hmm. to this day. Oh, yeah. Um, but then also meeting other people that I was into, you know, um, bluegrass to um, blues music, like R.L. Burnside, I got to see him play before, um, John Spencer Blues Explosion. Um, Sonic Youth. I mean, it's, it was a really rich music scene. I'm really not sure how it goes there now, um, but I felt really thankful that I could have a weekly at Bento um, right in the middle of downtown and just be packed every Saturday and have good friends come, you know, drive an hour or so to come see me play. And just was really, really, really neat experience. And, um, and that, that was really good money doing that there. So when I came here, I was like, oh, man, bigger city. Gonna gonna just be crushing it here. Yeah, guess what? <laughs> Fuckers don't pay that much that here. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how everyone's selling big shows here. Yeah, because uh, they are huge shows. Uh, people have deep pockets and other jobs. Mm -hmm. um, I've just tried to stay an artist the whole time I've been here uh, by playing music or painting or making ends meet via a good way. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how they're doing it. They have to be losing money. Yeah. <laughs> don't you don't you think it's just I would think you know, man. you spent what, hundred and eighty bucks on tacos. Like yeah, did you get yeah. that money back? Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> you had a bunch of beans and shit. We have been eating tacos for the past week and they haven't gotten old though. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's nice they're, having like <laughs> we have like five pounds of fucking taco meat in our fridge and you just go in there and you just throw it, you just make a taco at any point. In Twenty time minutes of the day. later, you're kind of nice. One. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Oh um, uh, man, give me give me one more question. One more, just one more, just one more. Pivotal. Then, then we're over. No, oh, so so what kind of what type of music when you started DJing? What what did you play and how, how has that changed? Or Oof, boy. So when involved? I first started playing, it was um, really progressive, um, one thirty eight. Trance. Trance, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But progressive trance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, I got signed to this hip-hop label, because that's always, that, that groove funk is always inside of me. Uh, I grew up on Motown. My parents were huge on Motown. Um, so I kind of grew up with that, just kind of like funk. 
And so every time I play electronic music, I always try to have like a good bass line. And so that's kind of where that comes from with me, not just playing like straight. You know, there can be techno that's just like, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always try to have like a good bass line because uh, that's what makes people dance or have a good time or feel that emotion. There's other things that bring that emotion, but that's always a huge thing to me is to have that thick bassy groove. Yeah, that's um, part of who you are and where you came from. So yeah, absolutely. That's you shining through what, what you think is right. So, hell yeah. So how did what did how did that change as things went on or? Um, so it all changed when I came to Denver. A couple of years before that, I was listening to like Digweed doing his, uh, you know, podcast, and I'd start hearing like these, like kind of almost like hip hop like, <laughs> just, you know, had that funk to it. Um, yeah. Burma? Yeah. Track, yeah. Like that, like those ideas. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that's just kind of like gone through its motions with me, um, but, you know, sometimes I can play just straight up techno in your face. It's definitely not what I'm known for. Mm. Um, it, it, God knows who knows what I'm known for. But it <laughs> seems like people seem to like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just trying to be creative and doing my thing. Absolutely. Um, can't really put my thumb on it. Yeah, right. just along these lines. When So when did you make the move to Denver? Um, in 2006. I came here on uh, July 1st. 2006 and wait oh wait something like that yeah oh wait it was oh wait it was an even number yeah 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 i was 30 so yeah it's almost it's almost been seven years so close almost seven years now okay and so why did you move to denver what at that time my girlfriend was coming to you uh du to get her master's in social work um Worked through some stuff, got married on a cliff in Boulder, beautiful ceremony, and um, working at Westward, met somebody else, did some fucked up shit for a year and a half, and yeah, that long. Oh, man. Yeah, not the not the best thing, but I'm not afraid to share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're still friends. Um, she lives like two miles away doing her thing. Um, we'd go hiking everywhere and go to bluegrass shows and... Well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you, you but anyway, like some that. more vodka. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how I got here. And, um, you know, um, staying true to what I wanted to do here. Um, just trying to throw shows. It's really hard doing a weekly. I think last year um, we did 48, 48 shows. Um, Seth and I throwing 48 shows. Um let alone what we did playing otherwise. And when we first started doing it, we'd play at all of our shows. And it came to a point where like, you know, we have this opportunity to give people a stage. Here's your stage. Do your like thing. Open mic almost. Uh, well, I mean, not, not like I mean, sign up, but like giving people who don't have the opportunity like, to just yeah, play all they the all time. have the opportunity, I guess. Um, it's just like I really try to pick out people that do really well and then – because I think everyone's played huge shows. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've done their thing. It's just, um, you know, I, I wish we could do, you know, a bi-weekly and be able to have a venue where we could throw two shows a week. But it's a little bit of a buster just kind of to keep people keep coming to a show that it's like, fuck, man, it's there every week. 
Yeah. But try to make it different, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, different sounds, but still a quality sound that, you know, really tweaks the ear of all of these discerning ear holes that we have in Denver. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a good way to and put it. And if you don't fucking like it, you're going to get good drinks anyway. Yeah, it's true. You will <laughs> or a good time. <laughs> See some visuals. Be with friends. Mm. It's the idea. Well, so what was the scene like when you moved here and... When I when I moved ago. here, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Apparently, there was a scene, but when I first moved here, there wasn't that much of a scene. It had already kind of like died out in that you know mid two thousands. You know, it's been a huge resurgence in the past you know four years. Mm-hmm. That first two years here, you know, I was playing places like Parallel Seventeen, um, Highland Pacific, uh, High Pack, and you know, just trying to just do shows like hey. And those were times where, like, hey, do you have this song? But it'd be not anything I was playing. But still, I, when people would definitely ask me to play, do you have that new Britney Spears remix? Or just to be cheesy idea, um, I would still get them to the point with electronic music where they would appreciate it and not be so bitchy. So I did a lot of, like, really smaller shows, which continually still happens because that's really fun yeah. to do. Um but, you know, doing other big shows, like Seth and I headlining uh, the lounge at Beat, at, uh, well, it's not Beat Port, it's just the lounge at Beta. Beta yeah. That was really fun to do, even though a fire alarm cut us off. And, oh, shit. Yeah, right at the pivotal point. Um, <laughs> so we'll be doing another show there again relatively soon. Um, playing with Pig and Dan was fun. Seth and I have done a bunch of shows with some pretty big cats, and oh, that was great. Um Nonetheless, you know, here's to 2015 and yeah. 2016 and 2017. Keep riding that wave. No one can get at you if you're caught on a wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ride the wave. So how how did Denver affect you as a DJ? Like from like how... it, t- it turned me from um, my own idea into playing. It's kind of a weird thing to say into ideas of other things that I was exposed to here. Um, definitely turned me into a little bit more techno, but I still have my own voice, rabbit ears, sound that I have taken from hearing, you know, week after week in Denver, it's nonstop, really, really, really good talent. Um, mm-hmm. People bringing in these huge acts. But nonetheless, I still liked it, like the rabbit ears again, locals here. Um, I commented on this not too long ago. Like, you know, I don't give a shit you say locals. I think that's kind of demeaning. Because if you're here and you're doing something, you're talented and you're getting it done. You have passion. You have good sound. You have really good talent. Um, or else you wouldn't be playing. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd still be in your bedroom, you know, Basically. looking at porn eating cookies and <laughs> you're like, I'm a DJ. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's you know, I don't even like to even call it DJs. I, I, I like the idea of like the... The old SD um, sound designer, you know, kind of doing your thing and also being an entertainer. That may have slipped a little bit in the past couple of years, just across the board of like DJs being entertainers, mm-hmm. like being a persona behind the decks or being a persona. It's not just about the music, it's the music that you play and who you are. Um, once it becomes that, then people kind of appreciate what you do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you go out and see, like, this past weekend, Chris Leaving. Eh, you know, played a great set, fun, but it was also him. 
it's a persona doing that. Oh yeah. And which brings it out um, where people will be more accepting of what you play um, because you are an entertainer, not just someone that's being a disc jockey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's important to have your soul in it, not just playing tracks that you know that are good and people are like you know put yourself out there on a limb, do your thing, and then you know be your person outside of express uh, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah for sure why not and I, and I think that's kind of lacking here of people going outside of that idea and you know it's not like a Seattle where you can go to a venue and see someone doing something fucking crazy mm-hmm. and you know when we've had like Dr. No Joke or a couple other people have played um, from outside of Denver um, some international acts kind of doing their thing but there's also been some international acts that have just kind of stayed that like oh this is a good track yeah well go outside of finding those just good tracks that you know everyone knows it's play some weirdness like mm-hmm. kind of outstep those bounds that you think that are bounds but they're really not because the audience is gonna appreciate it if you do it well and if it's set up right so don't be afraid of that at all totally just, just some advice um here We've, we've been talking for 47 minutes. Yeah, we're doing good, man. We're <laughs> breaking our easy here. <laughs> so let's talk about, uh, yeah, the, the Thursdays. Uh, so Underground, the Underground is uh, the weekly that you guys do. It's at Milk Bar, which is the back alley basement entrance of Bar Standard on Broadway in downtown Denver. Uh, how did uh, how did it get started? Um, So we were doing... We started off doing Thursdays on a patio outside of Bar Standard during the summer, and then when it became winter time, it moved to Fridays, which upstairs in Bar Standard is a way bigger venue. Um, they got a little bit more press of whatnot. It was Denver Disco at that time, and we were downstairs. It's fun. Sound was okay, and then that kind of kind of ran its course relatively fast. Um, and we were asked, you know, to keep doing it, but maybe to move it to a Thursday. And I'd always wanted the jazz bar venue because it's, you know, brick, catacomb. Um, yeah, it's sick as fuck. Yeah, really. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's what you want the underground sound to be Yeah, um, in a place like that. Um, comfortable, but still, like, classy, but dingy, but not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just really what I wanted to get. And because um, when I started working for Soka, that's the venue that I wanted, you know, starting at Buddha, then doing the bar standard, then doing patio and then going down to milk. Um, I really wanted that venue because it was underutilized. They have a a um, goth night there that just blows up for years now, every week. And uh, but I wanted to bring like the sound that, you know, like you and I listen to mm-hmm. into a spot like that because there's opportunities to keep it classy. But also still being like, hey, this is a comfortable place to come hang out. Try to make the drinks affordable and not so clubby priced. Um, and then bringing in some big acts um, that are international, national, but also focusing on the local. And that's what's going to be a huge focus this year in 2015 is um, the local element. Is to people, for them to break out of like, hey... Yeah, I'm opening for this stuff. No, you're going to be the headliner, and you do what you want to do. Because, you know, most of the cats I've seen play at really intimate spots at someone's house or a house party or a smaller party venue. And hearing them play that way 
it's like, man, okay, here's your stage, do your thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the whole idea, you know, it was nice that first year of having, you know, DVS One, uh, Stephanie Winter, um, and a whole other slew of people because we work with uh, Unstructured Sounds. Um, it, Andrew's brought in some cats. Andy, sorry. He's brought in some uh, cats from um, L.A., Miami, stuff like that. But the idea is to, like, keep keep the production of, like, you know, flying in somebody, um, putting up in a hotel, paying them, like, their booking fee, which they've always been really nice on because uh, they realize it's smaller. Even DVS1, you know, that was, you know, he's a pretty well-known cat. But mm-hmm. then I had my buddy that did um, visuals, um everywhere from decibel to working with symphonies and whatnot. He flew in from Seattle to do the visuals for that. Just trying to make all this stuff like, hey, we all know each other. We're a community. Let's make this work. Mm-hmm. And luckily, all those like bigger names have done it and are completely cool with it. Um, flop or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's never really ever been like a huge flop. But, uh, you know, working for a company that has basically 20 venues don't want to see the money at the bar mm-hmm. so i'm like we're not going to charge that crazy amount because it's a thursday you know exactly you have to kind of you know not charge nine dollars for a drink unless they get a nine dollar drink that's supposed to be that way mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> you know just always making fe- people feel comfortable and getting to see something that they won't see really at any other place even though they think they have but there's only one underground right yeah exactly <laughs> And infusing the Colorado sign to make it look like the underground. Um, I had that idea years ago. I was like, that'd be really neat. I mean, it's that all my other shows have been like versions, Vadana, just like crazy things. And I was yeah. like, let's keep it simple this time. Even the though the underground is the cheesiest, cheesiest name you can name for something. <laughs> ah, the logo looks cool. It works well. And, you know, people want to be a part of it. feels like yeah. it is the underground. Oh, it is, yeah. you know, it is the underground. You yeah, know? Yeah. It doesn't smell like sushi when you walk into a fucking <laughs> place or, you know, hamburgers being cooked or, you know, just, you know it just has that feel. And that's, oh, that's what it is. I'm, you know, appreciative of everything that's happened through that. Because yeah. Lord knows people can just stay at home and sit on their couch and watch fucking TV show yeah. and play with themselves, <laughs> yeah. smoke a bowl, or get too fat eating spaghetti. Yeah. They're coming out. It's yeah. fun. What's yeah. in this? Vodka? Yes. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty fucked up, which is cool. <laughs> but let's see. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say, though, I love that you guys uh, have those projectors going now, how they're like, geometrically like side by side mm. and opposite and you always play planet earth <laughs> or always, relatively always. stuff like that yeah, uh, before yeah. right in the past months before that i was playing kind of like 70s space stuff and yeah I remember um that. which was neat because i had like geometric screens and that comes from me working with scott james out of seattle um the now device and rod hatfield who lived in boulder back in the day and we've done all kinds of shows in the past together in other areas and so I've kind of learned that using projectors is a really neat thing to do, which is another thing that's just going to get pumped up more this year. I mean, we've had um, EVAE, um, those cats came in for when we hosted Great American Techno Festival and a couple other shows that we really liked. Just to really, you know, I mean, it's 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 cool if you just have like a little club light in there or whatnot, but I think like the visuals um, of like motion and whatnot, bring a whole other element to it and i keep it simple you know playing uh like the savage planet um or 
Planet Earth movies, shit like that. <laughs> you know, try to mm. keep it nature driven or something disinteresting. I've I played a lot of like surfing movies and stuff too, which is neat because he doesn't like the ocean. Mm-hmm. Riding the wave. <laughs> <laughs> there we are once again. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So when it began, it it was just you and Seth, and you were saying now that uh, Brian Stevens and yes, yeah, so Andrew are on. Well, so it was Seth and I, and that was our tech. That was a mix between art and techno. So that's how our tech came along. Cool. Because uh, I'd always have like paintings and artists at some of our earlier shows. Kind of moved away from that because people aren't really going to shows to buy art, and I just felt like a dick. Like, oh, bring all your art. Yeah. And then they don't sell shit. I'm like, oh, here's a PBR for that. <laughs> kind of a dick move, I think. Uh, you know, unless, you know, that's kind of up to them if they could sell their stuff. But, um, and then Roy Dudley, who's one of my favorite DJs, um, has a really nice Latin flair to his stuff, but techno and kind of ambient feel. And so it was us three for a while. And then on New Year's, I was like, man, I really want Brian Stevens a part of this. Um, cause he's just a cool dude, plays really good tracks, um, really good mind. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of went the same along with, uh, Alejandro. It's like, you know what? I want you to be a part of this. You know, you just have really good drive. And I just think, you know, he has this hemisphere groove collective and that whole thing, which is kind of weird to ask him to do that because he has his own thing, but, um, to have his entity within it. It was nice. So it's, yeah. It'd be a nice group. There'll be a couple more coming in in 2015 because uh, it needs to be like a collective, mm-hmm. uh, which means that we all have our own input and can bring what we can bring to the table on it. Um, that's the whole idea. Um, just to make it a collective. It just takes it takes a while and patience um, to make that all happen. It's not going to mm-hmm. be a flash in the pan because my idea is not to be a flash in the pan. I want to be the pan. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people can flash in the pan that I give them, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just to be able to have the opportunity to give people opportunities is a really neat thing. And uh, try to bring it within the idea of what I like to see um, along with everyone else that's in the group. Um, no one's going to sh- shit about good music or art or good visuals or good drinks no one's gonna crap on that how mm-hmm. could you no. so that's why it's working you know it's not yeah it's not being elevated uh, uh, over anyone else or you know we've had a bunch of competition come through and come and gone man yeah much of it's come and gone yeah so Surprising. It's kinda... i was surprised by some some of it too but just how yeah, fast it... it went away but you know that's kind of the it's kind of the game mm-hmm. rabbit ears the game. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been cool, man, seeing it grow, especially now with uh, you bringing them guys on board. It's it's only going to get better. With the name, the under, well, I guess your Thursdays are called the Underground, but so is your the crew called Artec then, or are you going by? So we're just keeping that Underground. The Underground, um, yeah. Do you plan on doing a, any all night like events? Yeah, under that uh, alias or yeah. In twenty fifteen, it's gonna we're gonna have some one offs um, with some things. Uh, Seth will be a huge backer of that with his um, lovevinylrecords.com finals just blew up. And that's been a huge thing of his is to want to do one-offs. His idea was not to do weeklies, but I push him to do that. Like, And we just kind of keep doing it. Just mm-hmm. keep going at it because, you know, that's just more and more and more and more experience and, uh, and whatnot. But this year will be the year we'll be coming out with some 
interesting events. Probably our first one will be April or so. Cool. But with the connections he has selling vinyl internationally and uh, shows he's booked back in the day, shows I've booked, um, and then with all the other connections that we yeah. have, we're going to – the the plan is to do some really, really, really immersive, Everybody's interesting Everybody's got their foot in some door. <laughs> yeah, you know. My foot's just outside of it, but I, it was in it. <laughs> Don't let the door hit on the ass. But I like that. Well, cool. Yeah, any highlights – of from your Thursdays or nights that stuck out performances or geez man they're all I fucking mean, fun been a lot yeah they're they're all fun um grabbing grabbing cats that really haven't played out that much that are doing live PAs that's been nice um with like Zach Weschler huge surprise to people because people didn't know who he was um he'll be back at the end of this month um for a headlining spot just stuff like that I like really going out and finding these cats and like bringing them in and um, just like with this past week with, um, ghost and groove work, you know, a year ago, people were like, who are these cats? But they were at every show and had really great taste in music and, you know, um, groove works doing his thing with a residency with some cats. Um, and ghost just came out with an album this year. That's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so it's just finding like these little niches of people and just, you know, doing like in you, you know, you had a really great show there. Um, every time I've heard you play, it's been high fives. Good. Uh, same to you, brother. Oh, we can knuckle up too. Pow. <laughs> yeah, well, that's definitely, I don't like missing Thursdays. It's, it's always a good vibe and we have a nice little crew of people that are always there and stuff. Yeah, let's we'll switch gears here. Where is music kind of taking you like? geographically in the world like whether it be from a promoter standpoint a, a performing standpoint or as um, just as a fan where's like when 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 i promote planet. it's where i live um i don't promote anywhere else um i've done stuff in ohio promoting and denver promoting um playing wise i've seattle la miami new york um indianapolis chicago um Coming up this summer, there is contracts being signed for France, Germany, and Kenya. Oh, kind of fun. Kenya. So I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> One of my good friends from college uh, just came and visited me. He was like, "Man, you know, I have these clubs that, you know, you get halfway there. I'm like, well, these things are getting ready to go down in Europe. That's where I'd have to fly to anyway. So that saved you guys money. So that'll be fun to do that stuff. So have a Really fun summer to look forward to, but awesome. you know, still doing the shit here in Denver. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited about 2015. Yeah, so there's all that. Cool. <laughs> uh, what any memories or crazy like crazy stories from from, from the years of partying? <laughs> I mean, however, I don't know how graphic you want to get, but <laughs> I'll just I'll, I'll just leave it at this. Just imagine, just imagine. <laughs> I've always has I always have a smile on my face, <laughs> and there's a reason for that. Uh, yeah, uh, you're notorious for wearing the, a monkey suit a lot at the summer parties. How? <laughs> why is what's with the monkey suit? Uh, because it gets cold at night in the mountains, <laughs> and that shit's funny to have a monkey suit on. <laughs> which uh, which was nice because um, groove work when I played for a uh, Beatport Live in November. Um, I was talking to him a night before. I was like, hey, you want to come watch me play? You know, that'll be fun. You know, it's the Beatport Studios. 
I'm playing vinyl and they're a digital company. It's awesome. I can do that. And I was like, do you want to wear my, my gorilla suit? And he's like, hell yeah. So, you know, if, if you guys want to watch that, whoever is listening to this, I'll put up a link to it somehow. And you can see Drew Bork wearing the gorilla suit behind me dancing. Cool. Getting out of a hangover with more beer. And playing. I really like that set I did for that. That was fun. It's nice to see, you know, a thousand views on Beatport from mm-hmm. some shit that I'm just a local guy, you know? Totally. Ugh, local. <laughs> local? Pfft, Denver's international is shit. Mm-hmm. We got weed, we got mountains, yeah. got oh. music all day long. All day long. All night and all morning. Yeah. So, uh, best show and worst show you've ever you ever played? That I played? Yeah. Ooh, geez. Um, or one of the top okay, three. Okay, one of my favorite shows was uh, with Pig and Dan. Um, and also uh, the lounge at B-Port, or Beta. Jeez, it's hard to get that out of my head. But it's just the lounge Beta-port. now. Beta-port. Yeah, Beta-port. <laughs> um, and... I think one of my one of my worst shows was not too long ago was that um it was kind of like a deep club, Roy Dudley, who's, you know, in our group, uh his birthday party with Ryan Skinner and all them. So I get on the decks and there are those techniques that are made for digital play and you could switch it to up to thirty two and whatnot. So I get on there and I'm like feels like I couldn't play at all because I didn't realize that everything was times two. On the vertical oh, shit. and whatnot. And so I just didn't get the groove. And as soon as I was done, I'm like, I'm fucking out. It's just like, no, stay. We'll play some more. End up staying and playing. But still, I left because I was a little ashamed that I couldn't figure out why. If I was barely touching it, everything was moving. But, you know, there's alcohol and things involved and things like that. That was probably like, yeah, that that was that's it. It all happened within a year. <laughs> my favorite and my least favorite. I've had I have a lot of other favorites though too, um, just because they were just really odd, you know, getting to play for, like, hey, I want an Andy Warhol painting behind me at the Denver Art Museum. They put an Andy Warhol painting behind me. That was really fun. Um, Open up a gallery show for that, and uh, also playing, getting to throw bass into you know, thousands of year old, Tutankhamun Egyptian artifacts. Like, I really was scared about, like, having bass go through that. Like, is that going to, like, crack that or whatever? Like, you'll be fine. Like, all right, you guys said it. So just weird stuff like that, playing with, uh, playing on the roof of a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Um, that's fun with uh, all that jazz going on. As I said, try to do a bunch of weird things as much as I can. We're playing with, like, bands Rubedo, getting to see Ike Owens, who just died, who's played with. Uh, you know, producer of uh, Jack White and whatnot. Just got a vinyl of his. That's really phenomenal from Seth for Christmas. Has all the tricks on the vinyl where you get to play it and it goes <laughs> and you have to play it from because it plays backwards. Just all those little tricks. Mm-hmm. I love vinyl. Yeah. You can do so much with it. All right, I'm gonna drop my finger on one of these. Uh, best best concert you ever saw. Best best musical. Performance. Best musical performance I have ever seen in my life. Okay, there's three. Um, Chemical Brothers at the Fillmore. 
during uh, Burning Man week. When it was like four years ago, it's when they dropped their further album. Uh, they put a curtain up in the middle of the film where because there weren't enough people there. And so it was like, get to see the whole Chemical Brothers set up on the stage at the Fillmore with, you know, maybe 1,500 people when it should, if it would have been any other time of the year, it would have been packed as shit. But so many people were at Burning Man. Uh, That year was a huge year for Denver going to Burning Man. Um, That was a really, really good one, really, to see the Chemical Brothers intimately. Um, Also seeing Earl Burnside at uh, Brothers in Columbus, Ohio. Huge Delta Blues guy. Um, wrote songs that Hendrix played and really well-known cat. cat. And uh, every time I've seen Stephen Malcolmus play with Pavement or his own band. That's my favorite artist is Stephen Malcolmus. Uh, my favorite lyricist. Um, phenomenal. Cool, dude. So that's that. It's cool you got to see him. Yeah. yeah. So what what's on the horizon for Kevin Kallison in 2015? Um, sunshine. We have 300 days of it here. That's on the horizon. Setting or, setting or rising. Here we are. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'm ready to deal with it all. Cool. What, uh, do you, do you have any big goals or plans as, as far as moving forward with the underground? Uh, just keep on keeping on. Ride that wave. Letting this thing snowball for Moving sure. Moving at man. the pace of the clouds. Yeah. Moving at the pace of the clouds. Cool, dude. Any upcoming shows or gigs you want to throw out if people want to come check you out? Uh, the shit you can hear after this. Straight or before up. this. Yeah. Because I'm getting ready to play in my house. Sorry you're <laughs> stuck here for another hour. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I'll I have hang. more vodka and cookies. I, sh- and... I probably shouldn't drive right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, who knows what the hell I'm getting ready to Yeah, buy. yeah. You can... Uh, be a little dark. It's Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Broncos lost. Like, that really matters to me. Mm-hmm. But I really wish they did. reason I want them to win is because it's a party town, and any excuse to party is going to be taken here. Yeah. And uh, so they lost whatever. People are still drowning their sorrows, though. <laughs> I gave a few of them a ride. They were going downtown. Not too crazy sorry about it, but I just wanted to win because uh, any excuse to party in Denver... We take advantage of. Oh yeah, full throttle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where can uh, people find you online if they want to? Do you have a, um, any mixes or? I I have a SoundCloud. Don't have too much on there. Some stuff I made years ago. Um, a mix from the underground in April. More stuff's gonna come on there. Um, find me at Kevin Callison uh, on Facebook. Um, just Google Kevin Callison, you'll find some crazy shit, really. There's an easy <laughs> writer, too. Monkey suit, on, for yeah. sure. I don't you can definitely see that monkey suit there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, well, what, uh, what can we expect from the uh, mix you're about to play here? Um, I don't know, a little bit of funk darkness, I guess. It's Sunday. A little so, more vodka? Yeah, a little more vodka. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It'll definitely have uh, some bass lines in it that are enjoyable. But a little bit of elongated patterns. That's what I would expect. Some elongated patterns of things. Not so cut and playful as I usually do. Right on. But we'll see. Who fucking knows? There's a whole wall of vinyl right there. So yes, there is. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out what's going on. Well, 
Yeah, sounds good, man. We'll we'll get into this mix now, and thanks again for coming on. It's been fun getting shmammered and and talking turkey with you, man. So we'll, gobble, we'll gobble. maybe down or down the road we'll get you back on here and get another update and hang out for a bit. So cool, man. Thanks, thanks again. And here we go, guys. Kevin Callison on yeah. the ones and twos.
That's all for this week's episode, folks. Thanks again to Kevin for coming on and laying down this Sunday Funday mix. Looking forward to 2015 as there will be many, many more podcasts to come. Stay warm, guys, and we'll see you in a few weeks.